and welcome to the HHH Racing Podcast, episode 219. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining us tonight on a very cool night, as we have a two-part podcast tonight. First, we're going to be talking about the first coast-to-coast dollar-based bet, Stronach Pick 5, starting this Saturday, which combines races at Gulfstream Park and at Santa Anita. And then the second half of the show, you are not going to want to go anywhere because Tony Rollo, managing partner of Crownsway Racing, will be here. They are a new sponsor here to the show, and he has a fantastic ownership opportunity for everyone out there at a very low price. So you're going to want to stay tuned the second half of the show as well. Please make sure you subscribe at the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Smash that notification bell. Smash that like button. That helps bo- all of us here at the HHH Racing Podcast. We'd appreciate that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter on my name tag at H Kravitz. And right there on the bottom of the screen, there it is. H Kravitz Horse at gmail.com is where you can email me. You can also see our next live show is Tuesday night. We have a very cool year in review for Adelphi Racing Club, which is our other sponsorship. They're a fantastic organization. Matt Cuter, we're going to have live on the show, Miguel Clemens and Ray Handel. So you're not going to want to miss that. And also some more ownership opportunities next Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to us, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Power Picks, they've been on a roll. We've been talking about it for quite a while. Look below the video player. Um, the, the role continues. Uh, yesterday, we had... Uh, pick five that we scored on. We'll talk about that for just a little bit. Congrats to all of you out there that might have scored today in the Aqueduct pick five as well. And then, of course, we have a new show hosted by our very own Kyle Roscoe. It's starting on Wednesday, January 11th, 9 p.m. Eastern. The title of the show is Betting and Boozing. Betting and Boozing with Kyle Roscoe. It's a very cool vibe. It's going to be a combination of horse racing and sports betting, and there'll be some beverages flowing. Hope you can join Kyle and his wonderful co-host. Again, that's going to be a permanent fixture here on the show, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, betting and boozing. You're not going to want to miss that. And then finally, we have a fantastic website. As you all know, hhhracingpodcast.com. All right, before we talk about two other quick uh, promotions. Let's go ahead and bring on our co-hosts right now. First, took a, a small uh, break last night. We're very happy to have him back from Maryland, Mr. Pete Visco from the Saratoga Special and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Halloran, and a proud partner of Crowns Way Racing himself from Des Plaines, Illinois, Mr. Kyle Roscoe. Guys, how are we doing? Paul, I want to congratulate you first. You smashed the late pick five yesterday. Yours truly hit it as well. We both had it for a dollar. And you and Matt Miller also made a nice donation, as you will often when you score, to the TRF. So if you want to make a a quick shout-out to Kim Weir, congratulations on many fronts, Paul. Well, you know, thank God for Matt Miller, Howard, because under your strict – this was all brought about by your onerous, strict, budgetary, (laughs) arbitrary rules – and if that, I played a $60 ticket today for the TRF and prior to your getting drunk and raising the budget, uh, under your $50 budget, those poor horses would have gone without. 
But thanks to Matt Miller, who encouraged me to play whatever I want to play, uh, we played a $60 ticket, and the TRF is $305 richer as of tonight. And I, I did the straight parlay, guys. The This is the beauty of, of not only pick fives, Paul, but also the carryovers. Uh, the, the straight parlay is about 179 I'm looking at the sequence. There's not one horse that paid over $11, and it paid three oh five, and that includes a 3 to 5 and a 6 to 5 So, Pete, again, you, you can hit pick fives without getting big prices. Yeah, I mean, you just have to be strong in your opinions if you are, and you can play a tight ticket and you can play it multiple times. You can make some money, right? Absolutely. We, we won't Congrats, talk to Kyle. We, we won't talk to Kyle about the pick five. We'll just move on from that. Real quick, guys, I wanted to share my screen here. We have a pool party that's happening. We're very excited about this again. We did this for the Travers. It's going to be through Hawthorne Race Course. If you are in the Midwest area, you do have to be there in person as of now. I did talk to Hawthorne to see if people can join the pool party without actually being there at um, at Crazy Poor OTB. We'll find out more about that. But we're going to be live on YouTube. Myself, Matt Miller, Kyle Roscoe on Pegasus Day. We're very excited about that, guys. Hopefully, last time we turned one thousand dollars into fifty nine hundred, and any anyone there profited one hundred and fifteen dollars. And also, I want to mention the Hawthorne contest, Kyle. I know you're playing in this. Um, I might be playing as well. Uh, this is also you have to be there in person at one of the Hawthorne OTBs. It's a last chance, two hundred dollar qualifier uh, with zero entry fee. It's all bankroll. To get to the NHC, Kyle, I know you're going to be uh, firing away into that as well. Absolutely. And like I said, hopefully I can play two days. We'll see if the schedule will allow it. But $200 for, you know, for the nice prizes that they're offering seems like an absolute no-brainer to anyone living towards the Midwest. So if you want to come take me on and hopefully Howard and maybe a sighting, a Matt Miller sighting as well, come join us. We'll have a fun time. You never know. He He's known to just pop out <laughs> and just win contests just like that, which is, as uh, we joked, makes us yeah. all just very disgusted. And I think happy we saw that at one time, I think. I, hey, I Howard, and, and, and the link to tickets or anything is also on the website. So if you go there, there's a link for everybody in case people want to get tickets. Appreciate that, Pete. All right, guys, let's jump into the pick five. Now, this pick five, well, we got a one quick comment. See, we got here. Um, Christine Race. Christine, one of our biggest fans. Uh, thank you, Christine. Really appreciate it. Uh, we had a lot of positive comments from people about our handicapping last night, so we're, we're very happy that a lot of people scored. Now, guys, the pick five. Let's jump in. Um, combination of Gulfstream and San Anita races. Now, this is not the first time they've done this. Uh, it's actually going to be Saturday and Sunday. I want to make people aware that there is going to be a Sunday coast-to-coast pick five we're not going to be talking about on this show. Uh, weather, uh, Florida should be fine. They got a ton of rain and, and the weather in, in Southern California has not been good. It is going to be fine tomorrow and Saturday. I'm going to assume they're going to be on the turf. Perhaps the non-stake races on Saturday at San Anita will be taken off the turf. They may or may not be down the hill. You're just going to have to check for scratches and changes everyone, because it's just, it's too hard to know, of course, this far out in advance. Let me go ahead and bring up our, uh, of course, you're not going to see race one. You see at the bottom of the screen now, you see Gulfstream GP9, as we're going to call it here. And I'm going to go ahead and also bring up the Aquabase. This is the first race of the Coast to Coast Pick 5. The races are, generally speaking, back-to-back. 410 Eastern, it's the Ginger Brew. This is for three-year-old restricted fillies. 
uh, going one mile on the turf. You can see the rail is seven feet out. So the rail is not out very much, only out slightly. Uh, here's the field. The Moyline favorite is a big favorite. The number three, Cairo Consort for Pletcher and Irad coming out of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, Paul, out of respect to your hit uh, yes, uh, sorry, today, we're going to go to you first with a horse that I, to be honest, I don't know what to do about. I'm sort of negative to. So it's Chad Brown. It's Tyler Gaffalion. Anna Karinen. This is an import from France. That's your top choice. Yes, and uh, and she'll be over bet, of course, uh, but it's uh, she's not going to be the favorite, and it's not often that you you get Chad in a situation like this not being the favorite. It is interesting that Irad shows up here for the Pletcher horse, which was probably a little bit of a tell. But uh, yeah, I, I went with the shipper uh, coming out of a Grade Two in in France that uh, she only missed by four lengths. Um, she was bet all her other stats other than that, and uh, you know I I think. Uh, if you end up getting five to two, three to one on a on a Chad Brown uh, first timer in the U.S., I, I think it's okay, and I will certainly be using the three. But the six is my top selection. Now, generally speaking, the time forms you can subtract anywhere from ten to fifteen points. Uh, I guess I have two quick questions before we move on for you, Paul. One, are you concerned that she seems slow? And are two, are you concerned that she hasn't gone left-handed or the distance? Uh, certainly the numbers, you know, she, she puts her in the low 60s and, you know, you're looking at the, th the, the three that's uh, it's got some high 70s. But, you know, you've got to presume that Chad's had this horse for uh, a while. The horse has one, two, three, four, five, six works at Payson Park. So I'm going to go with the kind of in Chad we trust theory here as far as moving the horse up uh, uh, as far as speed figures and uh, – running the right way. I think she'll run in the right direction. On Saturday. Okay. This is a private purchase from Maticat. Obviously very well meant yeah. Pete, you and I have the same thought. We don't have a six anywhere in our ticket. I've got a lot of questions on this horse and I understand why Paul uh, took her and I'm going to use her somewhere, but I'm going to use her more defensively. This three is sort of the moto horse here, Cairo consort who two back in the Talma, Pete, I remember we talked about this race, got a bit of a trip and then ran absolutely fine with a 79 buyer against Meditate and Pleasant Passage and what I thought was a pretty live Breeders' Cup uh, juvenile turf filly race uh, at Keeneland. Yeah, I mean, everything on paper looks good for this horse. I mean, coming out of the coming out of those races and, and like you said, it run well, picks up Irad, moves to the Pletcher barn. I mean, everything, it's an $875,000 purchase, so obviously this horse is pretty well thought of. So everything looks good for this one. I mean, this is one, too, where – um, you know, you just want to see, you want to see this one hasn't won since the, since the maiden then won at the, you know, won the catch a glimpse, but hasn't won routing yet, which I don't know if that means anything because they were two grade one races, but you still like to see it when you, especially when you have a seven to five favorite, I did have a couple stats. If people are want to be against a favorite, the, the damn side over 10 in turf roots. So maybe that's part of the reason. I mean, it's not the hugest of sample sizes. And Pletcher, 0 for 11, first after a trainer switch in non-graded stakes, which is, I don't know sometimes what that means. But anytime you see a zero and you get above 10, I mean, it's not nothing. So if you're looking for an excuse, 
why not? I mean, this isn't the greatest horse to ever live, so it doesn't just lay over the field completely. I've got her on top, but I don't know why I have a bizarre feeling she might not win. I mean, she almost seems too obvious. This is also a starting point, right, Kyle? I mean, this mm-hmm. horse has big aspirations next year. It, it almost feels to me like Kyle, this horse is going to win easily by two or three or will lose at, forget that seven to five. I think she'll be four to five. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, for some reason, I'm not totally sold. I know I have her on top, but I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's not necessarily like, a thought that no one's going to have, but this will be the moto horse. This, uh, they believe Paul said, um, this will be the moto obvious horse. Cause especially since it's a dollar denomination, people are going to be looking for those singles. And I think yep, this is going to be absolutely. kind of those, that horse that lands that people land on, uh, myself included, but we'll get to that later. But, you know, I mean, the nine's not slow first two granted, you know, lost by a neck to Liguria, who's a good, a nice horse in her own right. I mean, you know, it's not necessarily that this horse completely lays over this field, but again, uh, like Pete said, it's a nice, well, it's a well-meant horse. And like I said, she'll be the moto obvious horse for sure. This is Erna right here. I just want to show this because I don't think, I think she was pretty fortunate. This horse on the rail was going to win guys. This, this gray, she got shut off. She got checked. You're going to see it right coming up right there. I think the six was going to win the race. You yeah. see right there. And they were all clumping together. Usually when you see this, Pete and Paul, that is a negative to me, that you see all these horses clumped up together. Paul, I see you're shaking your head. That doesn't mean the yeah. nine can't win, but that is a bit of a question for me on how strong that field is. Well, it, 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 it happens in turf races kind of routinely, but I, I do agree with you. But, you know, Pete, just to and, – and I'm I, I'm didn't pick the three on top, but – if you look at Pletcher just on turf and trainer switches and take out the non-graded stakes part of it, he's 20%. So Yeah, yeah, that's it's why. A great, I, it's a great example of you could do whatever you want with the numbers. And I and I also wanted to I, – I forgot to mention when I was talking about the six, uh, Chad with foreign shippers, for, uh, first time he has them is 24%. So those are – Two stats that I'm sure you'll see in the stats of the day. Oh, no. Yeah, you might see them in the stats of the day, Pete. Yeah, and I, I well, it's funny. Like you said, Paul, It's it, you could always twist them. Like, the only reason I put it in sometimes in the company is maybe there's a reason, hey, you pick up a horse and you put it in a stakes race, and maybe for some reason you're just not as successful as opposed to picking up a horse um, off a trainer switch and having it a little bit lower company maybe it's a little easier. I think those are, they're tough to, they're tough to evaluate what the stat actually means. Cause I actually had one for the six Chad Brown and Tyler Gaffleone in stakes races on the turf, one for 22. And Howard mentioned oh. that, you know, I rad is, or I think Paul mentioned, I rad is on, you know, the Pletcher horse and not the, the Chad horse. So when I saw that too, I was like, yeah, maybe there's, I was ready to go four deep in here until I had to chop the ticket. So I was, I was a little up in the air on this one. I didn't really love any of them. Guys. I have to talk about this seven. I, the seven is live. I really do. And you want to talk about a replay guys, this, this replay in the last race, there's a few reasons I like the seven. I'll be brief. First of all, I think there's upside. I know she's a Florida bred. You look at the breeding, like this is a horse uh, by Army Mule out of a midnight loot mare. So you wouldn't, that doesn't scream turf. The horse costs 450000 guys at OBS April. And this is a seriously meant horse who has done nothing wrong. And this last race was a sight to behold. I don't know if you guys saw this replay, but wow. I know she got a slow fig. She's the sixth in this race, Navy Goat. 
And I, I, I love to watch the whole race, but we don't have time for that. First of all, she breaks slow. She's in those Leal colors, the Barbaro colors right here. It was a very slow pace. And you want to talk about an education, guys. I'm just going to let it run a little bit. I mean, she is in between horses the, the whole time. She's studying. She's in tight. She's, like, claustrophobic. I understand it's because they're walking, and these are Florida breds, and I get all that. But, boy, this is a serious education. And I think there's a lot, a lot more in the tank that this six is even showing. I mean, look at this grip that this jockey has. I mean, it's ridiculous. We're not going to show the whole thing. I'm like, you see, right? I mean, look at this. They're bunched together. That's a very uncomfortable spot. I don't care if it's turf, dirt, poly, whatever. The horse gets actually shuffled back a little bit. And now there's a wall. And this horse just wins to me much, much easier than it looks on paper. I'm going to let it roll to the end. Great job for the jockey here to come up the rail which is not the place you want to be on this synthetic, by the way, on this tapita. And she is absolutely flying. She wins easily. I like the way she's reaching out. Guys, I think there's a lot more in the tank here. I think this is a pretty serious horse. When I say serious, I mean at this level. I mean, she wins very easily. Maybe I'm just stinking thinking and, and I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm going overboard with one replay. But guys, she picks up Rosario. She's got a bull at work. Navy Goat, I'm telling you, is very interesting where I don't fully trust the three and I definitely don't trust the nine. Pete, I'll let you close out and go on the next race. Yeah, I, I actually had – I have that horse as a, as a as sort of a B level right behind the top three only because only okay. because the turf figures were so low. I thought that race was impressive. I just thought it would need a, a little bit too high of a step up. But I definitely think in this race – I mean, if, I think this race you could win with a low 70. So that horse can definitely do it. It was just a – Hey, you got to take somebody off the ticket. And that was yeah. the only reason. I get one. it. Let's go on the next race, guys. Next race, move along a bit. Race four at Santa Anita. This is race four at Santa Anita. And it's about, it's going to be 4.30 Eastern time, 1.30 Pacific. It's an allowance. It's all Calbreds all day at Santa Anita. This is a Calbred. They're planned for six and a half on the turf. I believe it's down the hill. I got to check that now. Maybe one of you guys. Yeah, that. that is and correct. It's yeah. scheduled for down the hill. This is a 10 horse field. The more line favorite is number three, Thornhouse for Dean uh, Patterson and Abel Sedillo. Let's go to like, got to switch it actually. Let's go to Pete first. Pete, you're going to go with the number 10 Moose Mitchell for Papadromo and Gutierrez. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty tough race. I, I was, again, I think this is a pretty tough sequence, but this one was a tough one. I was just looking for some positives and I, I sort of like, so three back with this horse was at the six and a half configuration ran pretty well as the favorite wasn't great, but also sort of lugged out a little bit and wasn't the best, but at least ran a quality race at this configuration. The next one you can just throw out, as you could see, declared a non-starter just was, if you watch the replay was just sort of held up at the gate and never, never got out. So that was a complete toss and then came back and, and at five furlongs, took the lead, ran a pretty nice race, but I think maybe hopefully likes a little bit more distance and, and I'll appreciate the six and a half. Um, the race three back, we're again at this configuration. It's come back pretty strong. A bunch of horses have come back in the money and have run decent figures. So, and this one's three out of four on the turf. That hasn't won on the turf. That was a, a concern. But again, I don't think this is the most bang up field in the world. So 
Yeah, there's some positives. Again, it's not the it's not a slam dunk pick, but it's it's definitely one that I would want to have on the ticket. This is a horse that I'm going to watch the surface situation. If it's down the hill, you actually want to be on the outside. That would help the ten. If it's on the flat six and a half, I I don't know what I'm going to do with that horse. That that would be tough to win from all the way out there. That chance the horse could definitely be wide. So mm-hmm. I actually would prefer it to be down the hill. Uh, we'll have to see. I, I still have some misgivings about it, guys, because they are very careful about what they run down the hill. Kyle, you're going with Thornhouse. So am I. So is Paul. This is a horse who ran off the screen uh, two back. Uh, has just has never run a bad race and was four wide last time uh, against a good field and just seems very solid. Yeah, and I mean, the, you can see it just in the speed figures. Granted, they were all on dirt, but they just – they're nowhere. No one's even near the mid eighties to 90 buyer type of horse in this race. Granted again, it's really interesting that they tried to switch this horse down the hill last time out. Didn't run a bad race by any means lost to a horse coming over the top. Granted it was at three to five, but I just, and you know, if any longtime viewers in this show will know that I, when petting wedding races down the hill, I loved so see horses run good races down the hill and both my top two choices than the three and the 10 both ran good races recently down the hill so those two are my top two choices and as you'll see later you'll see exactly where in my pick five they I put them but this horse just seems better than the rest more well meant granted you know the breeding's not the best but there is a lot of turf breeding in this horse Pedersen's not bad not a really good trainer out there in California so I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a, a pretty good shot with this three. Actually, Thornsong was a really nice horse. And for for a cow bred, he's actually bred pretty mm-hmm. well. Uh, Paul, did you want to add anything? Maybe about the five four flag who's cutting back. I know you love that angle of the turn back down the hill. Um, if it's not yeah. down the hill, would that change your opinion or anything else you want to mention here? Uh, well, I mean, I mean a little bit, but I do. I do. As we talked about this last week, you know, th- these races tend to play more like roots than sprints. You know, it's a little yeah. concerned that it took this guy uh, 13 times to break his maiden, but came back with a respectable third after that. And, you know, the horse that I think is going to take money, Howard, aren't you supposed to be against the eight in this race? I, I was just looking at the uh, the pedigree situation. Is You know, the dam was 0 for 8 on turf. The, the second dam had two wins, but Five or six siblings, none of them have won on turf. This horse is 0 for 5 on turf. Picking up Pratt, which means automatically he's going to be bet. You know, I, I, you know again, he can beat me, but I, I think this is a horse who's going to take money you're supposed to be against. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I have him as a soft third. We got some very interesting comments we need to bring up, guys. Tom Espinosa, our good friend from Northern California. He lives in San Francisco. Um, I know San Francisco has gotten pounded with some really bad weather and wind and just horrific. Um, I did look at the weather for Arcadia this weekend and mm-hmm. tomorrow, and they had no rain in a very small chance of rain in Arcadia the next two days, which of course is Southern California. Kyle, you're confirming yeah. that. So and Jim Pilars says he has a friend who lives in LA. I don't, I don't know about that, Jim. I don't, I don't, Listen, I don't live in L.A., but according to the Weather Channel, things I've heard, it's it's supposed to be okay. It's not going to be warm and sunny, but it's not going to be raining either. So who knows, guys? We'll 
we'll, we'll just have to see Kyle. Weather Channel says nine percent and two percent. So you know, we'll see what happens. But don't be dissing my Weather Channel people. I love Jim Cantori <laughs> and the Weather Channel people. There, I'm long, long, long time, long time. Uh, viewer of the weather channel so i'm gonna have to respectfully disagree anyway guys uh anything else you want to mention uh paul before we move on here no i'm good i'm good okay. i have the i have three five as my top two i'm using the one as a price i should have mentioned that when you called okay. on me professor kravitz but i am no using worries. the one as a price no worries price. Yes, and that is how I like to be addressed as I went back to school <laughs> today and let me say the students were so happy to be there and wake up at like 6 30 in the morning they were wide-eyed and bushy-tailed all day long not absolutely uh, and, and by the way staff included on that i think as well uh all right let's go on to the next race guys race uh this is gulfstream park race 11 as i got a little more flipping to do than normal here uh race 11 i thought this race was absolutely impossible this is a main special weight let me go full screen there we go main special weight they're going seven and a half furlongs uh, these are for three-year-old restricted horses. Um, so it's going to be a very short run to that first turn. Wide posts are going to be, in theory, a problem. The morning line favorite is number nine. Hardy choice for Brian Lynch and Julian LaPeru. Pete, we're going to go to you first here. You're going with the six, Mooncat, for a very underrated trainer, Christopher Davis, and a not-so-underrated jockey, in Ired Ortiz gained the mount for Chris Davis. That's got to be an eye opener. Yeah, that that was surprising, and that always adds a little oomph when you're when you're thinking about picking a horse. That was one. I, I thought the the buyer on debut. The one thing I did like was yeah, the the debut was on synth, but it was meant to be on turf. So at least you know that this horse was was meant to go to the turf, even though the breeding isn't all that great for turf sprints. But I did like the fact that this horse leading up to the last race was working on turf and was working well on turf. Here's and then the it got Pete. Phantom oh. Cola. I don't, I don't know if you remember this horse, guys. I remember this horse. Uh, this was yeah, a yeah, serious horse do. in California. Yeah, it was just that I think the, the, the turf sprint numbers weren't as good, but I think the turf root numbers were – I mean, yeah. there wasn't much. I think on the – I forget on the sire side what it was, but the – you know, at least, at least they meant to put this one on the turf and then – I, I do like the Derry Bue was okay, was sort of broke and was way back, got bumped a little bit, was was a little bit too far back than I would hope this time. And you're sure I rad maybe is going to give hopefully a more aggressive ride on this horse. But again, the biggest thing to me was I really liked that the works leading up to that last race on the turf were really good. So at least this one looks like it might have an affinity and hopefully that comes through here and at a not bad price, but I assume with I rad on, maybe this horse gets bet down a bit. Yeah, you don't you don't see fifty seven and and three breezing. Although the the Palm Meadows turf is is uh, pretty quick. I have the horse second. Kyle, you've got this horse on top. Paul, you have the horse second. Let's Paul or let's go to you, Paul. You've got the five. This is a price that none of us have on top. Blame the rule maker for Duarte and Gonzalez. Low profile low profile connections. Excuse me. First time gelding. Um, interesting breeding, uh, Colts next stable LLC. This is an interesting horse that you're going to get at a good price, Paul. Yeah. And, and I, the very first thing you said, Howard, about the race, I agree with, I feel like it's a race we were talking about last night, the, the two today, you know, I, I really think this is a crapshoot. And I think personally, I'm going to need to be as deep as possible. My, my top three selections, I had five, six, nine, the six and nine, a logical 
based on the I did it without the morning line. I see now the five is twelve to one. You know, blame is okay uh, on with on turf, although we never ran on turf. This horse is a half to a Grade Three winner, albeit on dirt. So it's not the strongest uh, turf pedigree, uh, <clears throat> but you know they're low pro- profile connections here. But you know, Colts Neck and Duart are very very much high profile on the Monmouth circuit. So. You know, it's a horse I'm going to be using uh, uh, on my top line in a race that I think probably uh, half a dozen of them can win. Paul, I wish you luck, and I, I got to look at this horse again. I'm going to admit I'm looking at my ABC ticket, and I listen. Paul's an excellent handicapper. I'm not throwing shade at all. I've got ten horses written down. I don't have the five anywhere. Out of ten I had, horses, I, I, like, I like the whole field except like the five and one other. So Pete, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'll have to look at this horse again. Yeah, actually, this was this was the one. This was a cut for my third horse. So I'm with you, Paul. And and right. I, I I like I love the first time gelding angle always. And then uh, Duarte, seventy three percent in the money, two year old turf sprints. So maybe an underneath horse more, but at that price, when you're looking for a price in a sequence, I like having that one on the on the ticket for sure. All right. Um, I'm going with the nine. Kyle, do you want to briefly talk about the nine? And then I want to talk about an absolute bomb that I have that I like in this race a little bit. Yeah. Then the one thing, the more, one more thing to mention about the six. If you look at the six um, at Fantacola's offspring, the horse on top of Fantacola's offspring was broke its maiden at Hawthorne Racecourse for none other than Chris Davis. So I thought that oh, was also interesting go. as well. But I mean, the nine just looks like the most well-meant turf horse in the field right now. One of the, the most experienced horses ran really well under Leperu last time at Gulfstream at a mile. This is seven and a half. It's no, you know, it's no shorter or longer, maybe a little bit shorter the first turn, which is why I actually didn't pick the nine on top was just because of that short run to the first turn. But again, really nice works on this horse. Really well-meant looks on the turf. And Brian Lynch is really is working pretty well right now so there's nothing wrong with this nine at all and paul's favorite jockey too <laughs> mine as well uh yeah, he'll guys, probably have right in the lead <laughs> very briefly my sort of bomb weirdo you know horse for second or third is the number eight my sanctuary 21 morning line i just want to show very briefly the stretch run of his keeneland uh debut but he's Bred well. This is Lothenbach stable. Kyle, I know you know Lothenbach pretty well, Midwest, you know, connections. And I just want to show this stretch of my shank, my sanctuary in the debut. And I'm not saying this horse can win. This is more underneath type. By the way, look at look at who he raced against in that race. The number nine, who was the two. So the two in this replay is the nine on Saturday. My sanctuary is the five. I just want you to pay attention to the stretch run. I'm going to see if I can get it to the point I want to watch here. Um, okay, perfect. Let me freeze it. So way, way ba- out here, I'm going to back up a little bit, is my sanctuary. He's going to be right here, guys. Uh, the the nine on Saturday is the two getting a nice trip up close, actually, I believe. Yeah. Just keep your eye on, on my sanctuary. Look, at, I mean, he's out in the parking lot. Now watch what happens to him, guys. It looks like he's got a little bit of run. He was green. He goes to the inside, and then, whoa, it gets closed off. He gets shut off. He's got nowhere to go. Um, Here's Hardy Choice right here. I'm going to let it roll a little bit, so just keep your eye on on the end of the race here. And, again, the two is Hardy Choice. Here's the two right here, guys. And here's my sanctuary. I'm going to let it run. 
You see how he's got some momentum, guys? I'm not saying he's going to win on Saturday. I'm not even saying he might finish second. I'm just saying that might be a horse you want to throw in as a bomb. Faced a very good field and a nice horse determinedly at Churchill with an improving buyer. I mean, how much he's got first time Lasix. I don't know. I think he's a little bit interesting in a race, guys, that is completely, completely wide open to me. Let's go to the next race. This is the fourth leg of the sequence. This is uh, race six at Santa Anita. There it is right there. Let me switch over. Let me switch to there. There we go. It's the Sunshine Millions Philly and Mare Turf Sprint presented, of course, by John Deere. Uh, it's at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. It's a relatively small field of nine. The Moyline favorite is number three. Alice Marble, D'Amato, and Pratt. Kyle, I'm going to let you start there. We are all going with this uh, California uh, <coughs> red horse on top. Always, for better or for worse, we all go with the same horse. But picks up Pratt. It's Pratt D'Amato. Really nice run last time. Just, you know, just bothered. He was, if you watch that race, granted, that was at five and a half, actually. This is six and a half down the hill, which I'll get to in a second. But he was really, like, in halfway through the race, it's almost like he just, like, went to the side almost. Just, you can watch the replay on your own, but it was actually extremely interesting. But if you look, three back and five back as it's two races down the hill. One was in a grade two Lost to a half length to a Brooke Marie, who was a nice horse. And no, in a, in a state bred stake, got second to Legs Galore, who's actually a really nice California bred as well. So this horse just looks to be running against, you know, horses that are really, really nice. And this looks to be the class of the field. And with Pratt D'Amato, I don't think it's going to stay at that near that five to two price, but hopefully it can stay up there. Uh, guys, we got a weather update from Jim <laughs> Pilar's. Just texted my friend in L.A., weekend storm now looks like it'll stay north. So track may be okay Saturday, second storm coming, blah, blah, blah. Right? Unlucky so, for Tom Espinosa, though. We'll see. Guys, we, we're going to move along. I, I'm just going to leave it open to Pete and Paul. You guys, either one wanting to talk about the – we have the five in there. We got the two. Either one of you want to just jump in and talk about either one? I, I just think the five is very tough at the state bred level. I, I agree. I, I think the three – I'm not going to go much, definitely not going any deeper on the A line and not going to go much deeper overall than, than those two. Yeah. I had the same comment. I like the horse. If you throw out the, if you throw on the five, if you throw out the graded stakes races, this horse looks really good. And, and it's sort of equal then to the competition of the rest of the field. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I just want to say I'm negative to the two. If you guys remember the two is a horse you guys talked about for mm -hmm. opening day, who I believe was the nine that day and showed a lot of speed with the Tory and went fast fractions and held on. I just don't like the quick turn back here. I don't like the inside post going down the hill. I'm very negative to the two, frankly, in this race, I would say she would be a, I think she's a C for me uh, at best for those reasons. I just don't see a repeat situation uh, for all the reasons that I mentioned guys, let's go to the last leg of the pick five here as I got to switch a bunch of banners here. Let's do that. Let's do that. And then let's do, we're keeping it at San Nita. This is race eight at San Nita is the closeout leg of this dollar base pick five. It's the Leon Howard California cup Oaks. This is for uh, three-year-olds on the turf, three-year-old Phillies, excuse me, on the turf, they're going a mile. The rail is out a bit. Um, it's a relatively big field. Actually, it's only a field of eight. There's already a scratch of the number five. 
Nyvan is already out. The morning line favorite is on the outside, the number eight. Sell the dream for Brian Corner and Pratt. And if you look at the bottom of the screen, almost all of us are either going with the eight or the nine. Uh, so actually, Kyle, since you're the outlier, what do you like about the nine cast member? So what I like, I know it's racing in a lot of state bread company. This is, I just felt bad picking the chalk five races for four out of the five races. So I tried to go something different. <laughs> There's a lot of turf breeding in cast member, which is what, one of the things that I really liked. Be my baby. The dams are really nice. It was a decent turf horse. Bambolina, the grand dam was a turf horse. Artie Schiller, we all know was a really good turf horse. So I'm playing more of the breeding. This race is raced only on dirt its entire life. Granted, and again, Philly State Bread for Tim Yachtin. A Munnings, I mean, I'm just taking a shot. The eight's definitely the horse to beat in this race for Pratt and Corner. I'm just going to try and take a shot here. Hopefully, it gets a nice trip from the outside. I think George Corian is, I know he's involved in Hollywood in some way. I think that's why he's named cast member, by the way. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> Sell the Dream, Pete and Paul, to me, is looks extremely obvious and live here i don't think we're getting two to one p what do you like about sell the dream no again it's all it's all the obvious stuff i mean this horse has run well at santa anita four for four in the money on the turf three for three at the distance picks up pratt has the losses on the turf in the last three races to the comanche country who was in in the breeders cup Ligoria is also a really nice horse so has has gone against good competition has been in graded stakes Open company, Pete, and this is a Calbred. Open race company, too. yes, yes, exactly that yeah. too. And I mean, I just think on paper this one looks like the best horse has been has worked well. At last work coming in was really nice. I mean, it was on the dirt, but that's fine. And then, I, I mean, I, again, I don't know. I, I thought it was a tough race, but I think this one stands out as the obvious favorite. Paul, what would Comanche Country be in this race? I mean, one to five. I mean, so I mean, uh, to me, I, I was going to say one to, to like. It might be one to 25. Yeah, I mean, um, I thought the seven was a bit interesting. Paul, you have this horse third. I know you have the one in second, but uh, quickly park it is a horse that I'm interested in, mainly because he's faced open company, has a very nice, she has a very nice close, Harris Farm. Um, if the trip were, this is Juan Hernandez. I mean, I'm not going to leave this horse out. Eight to one seems crazy to me as a morning line, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I am using them. I did third. Uh, I did want to mention the one, I think, at a price. You know, D'Amato off a win in turf yeah. stakes races is only 24%. Um, so us figures to get a, a, a good trip uh, go on the inside, going the mile on turf there. And, you know, I'm going to push back at my good friend Kyle. Um, I think the nine is a bet against here. And the reason is people love to bet the ones. And I, there is, you know, you see Artie Schiller is the damn sire, so I get it. But, you know, Munnings is only about an 11% turf sire, 11 12%. And the the the, uh, the dam did uh, win on turf as a maiden. That was her only win on turf. So uh, just from a pure value point of view, because it's Velasquez and the ones, uh, I, I'm going to get I'm going to get beat by the nine and God knows I get beat by plenty of horses every day. But um, yeah, I, I, I like the eight, the best tower and few with Pratt, but I'm definitely using the one as an a here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to use the one a little bit. I, I just don't like whether horses are bred or not. <coughs> if they're really meant for turf, why haven't they put them on the turf yet? Now maybe the opportunities have been limited 
it's just it's also a wider post. I'm using the one for sure. I mean, how do you not use the motto as an improving horse? To me, is is crazy. So I, I would definitely try to use the one somewhere. Guys, let's get to our pick five tickets, and then again, we really appreciate everyone for watching. We've got Tony Rollo from Crownsway racing in the bullpen. We're, we're going to bring in the righty or the lefty. I don't know what he, how he throws, but uh, we'll be bringing in Tony in just a little bit, guys, with a fantastic ownership opportunity. You do not want to miss the second half of this show. But before we get to that, let's quickly go through our pick fives, guys. Paul, I'm going to have you go first. Now, it's a dollar-based bet, right? It's a dollar-based bet, but you know that doesn't mean we need to increase our, our money anymore. Right? We don't want to start throwing right. money away. $100 so, course, I told my co-host, Let's you know. Let's keep it to hundred dollars or less, and let let's make sure we stay disciplined. But what does Paul do? <laughs> that greedy bastard. No, he goes to one hundred eight dollars. Of course, Paul's ticket three five six with one three five with five six nine with three five with one eight. <coughs> using some of that eight bucks that he won uh, today, but not the eight dollars that's part of the donation to TRF. That's right. I I, I consulted with my uh, my attorney. Okay. And uh, my attorney, on the advice of counsel, I went over budget, and he is daring you to sue him. Uh, I will. I will not be suing you, sir. Any any quick <laughs> thoughts here, Paul? On your no, remember, everyone, you know, it's a dollar based bet. Just want to remind everyone this is a dollar based bet. It's it's a little bit of a boring ticket. Um, you know the. Uh, I I might be able to get by with just the three six in the first leg, but. Well, when I the five and I didn't handicap with the morning line, but the five at twelve to one, uh, I want to have in there. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, Thornhouse in the second leg. Um, you know, the, what if if I'm going to do an ABC, which I likely will, I will be much deeper in the eleventh. We talked about that because three deep in that race is like, you know, being a drunk will lend a on a on a, a narrow tightrope. Uh, <laughs> hey, I Paul, think I need to interrupt you because it. I need to run because there's a very important question from James Green. He said, how do I enter these picks for a pick five on two different tickets? James, on your ADW, there's going to be a special wager. I think it's going to say coast to coast pick five. But look for – there's going to be – it's like a separate track almost, James. So you, you don't need to go to two yes. different tracks. It's just going to, it's going to be a separate <coughs> format on all the ADWs. I think it's going to say coast-to-coast pick five from what I understand. So just look for that, James. You'll be able to punch that then without any problems. Uh, yeah, that's what Jim uh, – Jim, there you go. Coast-to-coast pick five. There you go. Um, sorry, Paul. Any, anything else for me? No, that's here? fine. No, and, okay. and and you know we talked about. I think you get by with uh, too deep in the last two. So that's yeah. all. Okay, Pete, you've got a ninety-six dollar ticket, three five six nine with three eight ten with six nine with three five with one eight. I think the three five with one eight is also what Pete uh, did. Yes, it is actually. Uh, any quick thoughts about your ticket? Uh, yeah, no, actually, it's funny, Paul. I was I kept getting at the 108 number, and I was like, I should just put the 108 in because I hate cutting a horse just for the sake of $8, but I left it anyway. The only thing I did that I didn't love, especially once I saw the odds, was I went four deep in the first leg, and there are the four top choices, which is not good ticket construction, but I built the ticket before I saw the odds and wasn't didn't really feel like switching it at that point, but I didn't want to leave. The last one on was the Chad horse, and I'm like, I you know, it's a Chad horse coming over. Who the hell wants to get beat by that, especially to start off what I think could be an actually decent. This is one where if you can beat Cairo Consort, who's the only real big favorite, 
the rest of them, like we were talking today, Howard, you don't need 20 to one shots to have a nice paying pick five. You just need to maybe beat the one favorite. And, and that's what I'm trying to hopefully to do beat the favorite in the first leg and then just sort of went skinny in the last three, but I definitely have a bunch of B horses as well. So this wouldn't be my only play. Uh, Kyle is out for redemption. Kyle's $72 ticket three, six with three ten, with three, six, nine, 11 with one, three, five with one, eight, nine, a little bit of the opposite of the first two gentlemen. You're going a little bit skinny early and a little bit deeper later. Up. Mike, that's a $144 ticket. I know. And I know. I knew exactly what you were doing. I messed up. I meant to single the three in the first leg. That's what I meant to do. All right, go ahead. I'm switching it right now. No, you're fine. Don't be going over budget, Kyle. No, I would never go over budget. I'm a, I follow the rules, but (laughs) all that money you're making with Crownsway racing, you could afford another 72 bucks though, Kyle. Oh yeah, I could have, but you know, like I said, the professor keeps me under budget, but go ahead. I'm going to single. I'm going to single Cairo consort just going to go with Irad and Pletcher and Pletcher yep. we trust. And the only other thing I'm doing different to a lot of the different guys, is I'm adding horses in that maiden race, which is the third leg. Cause as we said, it's completely wide open yep. Um, in the downhill turf race, which is the fourth leg. I added the one big summer with Joe Bravo aboard. And then in the eighth race I added, I believe was the eight or the nine cast member, I believe, because I think everyone okay. else went one eight. Yep. Um, guys, I'm going with the $84 ticket, and I am going to single someone. I'm going 379 with three, with three, six, seven, eight, nine, 11, 12, with three, five, with seven, eight on the end. Uh, the three in the second leg is the is the horse um, out of the Thorn Song mare. Mm-hmm. I, guys, I hate singling. I don't like turf sprints anyway, and I don't like singling in turf sprints, but. I just, that's the decision I made. I think the third leg, you got to use as many as possible. I think almost anything can happen there. I'm using that eight, my sanctuary, in case that horse blows up the ticket. And my other horse, I though, I think the one is live in the last race, guys. But if I did narrow down to two, I think seven, eight of the two that I would go with. That's an $84 uh, ticket. Uh, guys, as we wrap up the first half of the show, um, really appreciate all your uh, help with the Coast to Coast Pick 5. Before Paul, Pete, and Kyle leave us, and then Kyle, of course, we're going to bring you back. Let's talk about the second half of the show right now. Guys, I am, we are all here at the HHH Racing Podcast very excited to have a new sponsorship here on the show. It is Crownsway Racing, and we have the managing partner of Crownsway Racing here live. We're going to bring them on screen here in just a second to talk about a fantastic ownership opportunity. We know there are many of you out there, of course, that don't own horses. And we're not talking about, you know, 20 bucks or 50 bucks with like my racehorse or fractional ownership. We're talking about something in between. Maybe you can't afford that, you know, thousand dollars worth or several thousand dollars worth of uh, shares that many uh, stables or, you know, many partnerships insist on. Uh, Tony Rallo and the gang, they are right in between. They are right within a lot of people's budget. And I would not bring on someone who I don't believe in, who I don't trust. So without further ado, let's bring on the magic partner of Crowns Racing, making his debut on the HHH Racing Podcast, Mr. Tony Rollo. Tony, welcome to the show, man. How you doing tonight, sir? Good. You know, you said I was in the bullpen. I was expecting some Enter Sandman when I came on. But <laughs> I guess I was. 
we can arrange that. Tony, while we have all of our calls on, very quickly, tell everyone where you're from and how Crownsway started, and then we'll get into a lot more details. So I grew up uh, Addison, Illinois, so right in the shadow of Arlington Park. I was, a, you could say, a backstretch kid. My grandpa owned was an owner-breeder, bred um, for Crownsway Farm uh, back in the 90s, was probably their heyday. And then as he phased out of the out of the game, I restarted Crownsway in 2018 as a syndicate. And we've been going ever since. Basically, we were started to run pretty much strictly at Arlington. But with that being gone, we've now branched out. and We're running uh, all over the country. Yeah, you've had a lot of success. So we're going to bring it up on the bottom of the screen, ladies and gentlemen. Very important. If you are interested at all in getting your ownership, you see on the bottom is Tony's email, Anthony Rollo at crownswayracing.com. They also have a Twitter handle. I'm sure he'd love to see that grow as well at Crownsway Racing. We're going to leave that scroll, Tony, on the bottom of the screen the whole time for people to look at. Uh, Pete and Paul, we're going to let you guys go for tonight. Kyle, we're going to also let you go, but Kyle, we're going to bring you back. Pete and Paul, specifically, thanks for joining us, and good luck this weekend with your bets, guys. Thanks. Take care. Have a great night. Later, guys. All right. Kyle, we'll see you in a little bit. All right. So, Tony, let's uh, let's talk about Crownsway Racing. Let's dig in. There are a lot of people that are probably not too familiar with Crownsway racing. And it's not because you guys haven't had success. It's because, you know, on the bigger, smaller, you guys are more towards the middle to a smaller operation. But small obviously does not mean anything negative. And you guys are not only growing. We're going to show some stats here in a minute. You guys have a ton of success. Tell everyone, you know, where you race and your sort of overall um, ideal plan and motto of Crownsway racing. So, like I said, we started out at Arlington, but in the last two years, we've kind of branched out. Um, we've won 20 races in the last two years, and of those races, we've won races at Hawthorne, Keeneland, Churchill, Pimlico, Altera, Gulfstream, Tampa, Horseshoe Indy, Delaware Park, Thistle Downs, Belmont, and of course, Arlington. Yeah, all over. And I know it's really important that we're going to talk about Series E in just a moment, which is uh, the name of your uh, partnership that people can buy into. But you're very unique in that people do not have to pick specific horses uh, in your program. They're actually picking a whole group of horses, which really takes a lot of stress off of the buyer. Well, exactly. Um, when I started Crownsway, I did. I asked, you know, when I walked around Arlington, I asked people questions. Um, people that have been in other groups. And I found out one of the things they didn't like is they're always saying, well, I bought into a horse. He never made it to the track, but another horse that they bought that year was went on to be a stakes winner and it really soured them on the game. So I like to bundle everything together. So if one horse turns out to not be as good as another one, you still are in on the horse and you're still getting this the excitement of having a better chance and more bang for your buck. Uh, absolutely. And if you guys have any questions for Tony Rollo whatsoever, please make sure you put them in the chat. Any questions about ownership at all, how to get involved with Crownsway Racing, just anything in general. One of the main reasons why we have Tony on live here so you can ask questions. So please, as we go through a lot of information, please feel free to ask any questions you guys have in the chat. Now, Tony, I want to bring us some stats. These stats are quite impressive. Uh, for Crownsway and just shows the growth of Crownsway racing. Can you talk about what we see on the screen? And you can see 
the year 2022 was an absolute explosion over half a million dollars for the stable. Yeah. Um, so we started in 2018, you know, that was one horse that we did well with. He kind of springboarded it into 19 and 20 where we were playing the game with a lot of small claiming horses. Um, that's why you'll see that earnings per start down a little bit. And then as we've grown, we've also tried to grow in class as well and getting more expensive horses. And it really took off in 2022 with some good um, private purchases and some very good claims. Yeah. And you guys have had a lot of success and you've had some excellent horses in your barn that we're going to be talking about here in just a second. Um, I, let's do this. Let, let's talk about Series E first, then we can go back to some uh, replays and show some reasons why people might want to buy into Series E. Definitely. So people can see on the bottom of the screen, talk about Series E. It's going to be a mix of two-year-olds and claiming horses. And the big thing that I want to mention, everyone, is what's on the very bottom of the screen there. It's only $500 is all you need to buy into this Crownsway Racing Series E. Yeah, so we're really excited about Series E. It'll be our group for 2023. All the horses that we add this year will be in Series E. Um, we've set our buy-in at $500 very strategically. Um, we do not like to be able to, um, to price people out. We like everyone to be able to be a part of it. But So 500 is our minimum, but our, our partners come in all shapes and sizes. We have bigger partners, invest five, ten. $20,000 and we have the smaller 500, but it doesn't take away from the experience that you get being part of the game, being part of the group. Um, we, we offer, I think probably the best access of any of the syndicates. If people want to, we do backside tours, paddocks, winter circles, um, pretty much unlimited access. And I know we're going to have Kyle Roscoe's going to be talking about this because he's yeah, a proud partner of Crownsway Racing who had an unbelievable experience with Smoking Jay at the Belmont last year. Let's talk about, if people, of course, are interested in Crownsway Racing and throwing some money uh, your way and the stable, Tony, they're going to want to know who's training, who are the human connections here, and who are involved in the horses. Uh, your top trainer, I, I think it's fair to say your top trainer, is Kelsey Danner. She Definitely is a, the most well-known. Yeah. Carlos Silva is excellent as well. Kelsey Danner is a very good trainer. I'm going to bring up some stats here in a moment. But she's very good with the two-year-olds, and that's who she's going to be training. You're going to run them in the mid-Atlantic, Florida, Kentucky, and New York. Uh, exactly. So we're planning on buying out of OBS in March for a good portion, for our two-year-old portion. Um, the reason we go with Kelsey for these two-year-olds is she gets a lot of two-year-olds, which I think is very important, so that way they have company to train with. Um, I think that's very important for a two-year-old. And, um, yeah, Kelsey, I think, is an outstanding trainer. If you see her stats, she goes up every year. I think she's been a little bit of the best-kept secret in racing as far as the training side so far, but I think the word's starting to get out on Kelsey. Well, you can see her stats. She had one point, uh, over $1 million in career earnings. And I know you wanted to mention that she's very good with two-year-olds. As I bring some two-year-old stats here up on the screen, and you can see um, they are very good as well. So, I mean, she's she's excellent. Sorry, I didn't filter that. My bad. There you are with the two-year-olds. Um, you know, 15% win for the career and 42% in the money for a two-year-old trainer. Uh, I shouldn't say two-year-old trainer, but for someone who trains two-year-olds with 68 starts is, is fantastic. Yes, exactly. And 
If you look down the list of her clientele, I think the right people are sending her two-year-olds. And it's always good to see people that you respect in the game giving someone horses. I think it means that you, it's someone you can trust. No, absolutely. She's she's fantastic. And very quickly, you want to talk about Carlos Silva, who a former jockey now turned trainer does a great job in the Midwest. He'll be taking care of the claiming horses. Yeah, Carlos um, is a smaller stable. He usually fluctuates somewhere between eight to 15 horses, um, which is something I like for claiming horses because they get more personal attention. Um, Carlos is around these horses every day. No one works as hard as Carlos. Um, and he's a hell of a horseman. He won 3,500 races as a rider, and he's been going along training pretty successfully for the last decade or so. And had a really nice year in 22, and we look to build upon that. And, Tony, I think it's really important for people that want to buy into a partnership. I keep bringing this win play show because we would all like to win. I own a piece of uh, horses with, with Adelphi, and I look forward to talking to you in the very near future about uh, becoming a, a, an owner and a partner of, of Cronsway Racing. But it's important for me as a prospective owner to look at this win play show because the bottom line is there's only one horse, unless it's a dead heat, that can win a race every time it happens. You want horses and trainers that can prove that they can run in the money, that pays the bills, et cetera, and it helps with revenue. It's not always about just winning a race. Exactly. And if you look at our stats over the last couple of years, I think we're over 55% in the money as from Crownsway and our mix between Carlos and Kelsey. And um, also Jimmy Gulick has one for us, or a couple for us in Florida in previous groups. Absolutely. Uh, now let's talk about some of uh, your more famous horses that you've had in the stable. And, and some of these have been unbelievable stories. The one that's most well-known um, is Smoke and Jay, a, an excellent turf sprinter. I'm going to show a replay of one of his uh, wins. This is the Allied Forces race last year in 2021. Let me just go ahead and uh, there's going to be no sound here, but if you want to talk about Smoke and Jay, he already, he's the five, and you see those green and black Crownsway racing silks, was actually in between horses and made a big close, altered uh, in the stretch, and won. Can you talk about your emotions as you saw Smoke and Jay win here a stake at Belmont Park? Must have been well, amazing. Well, yeah, this was definitely an exciting day for us. This was our first stakes win, and the, the move Saez is about to pull on this horse is outstanding. He's one of the best riders in the game, and he gets Jay in the clear here, and Jay starts to motor him down. Um, Jay was a two-year-old private purchase for us before his first start, and we got him for 72000 and to get a stakes winner for that, and he's multiple stakes placed, um, is really exciting. Is Right here, he runs down um, Momos on the wire. Tony, what was happening right there at that very moment with you and whoever was watching? Oh, God. <laughs> so jumping up and down, making fools of ourselves, played it cool like you've been there before. Go ahead. Tell, tell us your emotions there. So I played this one very cool because I had learned the hard way in the race before this one. He had got nosed out in a stake. And as I like to say, um, I was the king of Presque Isle Downs for about 30 seconds until I realized that he didn't win the photo. I was on the way to the winner's circle when the other number came up. So I tried to play this one cool, but my brother my brother and my fiance at the time jumping up and down going crazy to get this first stakes win off our back. And it was also the first stakes win for Kelsey Danner. I mean, I, I, just, I can't even imagine, you know, the emotions – 
in that situation. Now, you've had a bunch of others, and I'm going to bring up, uh, as we're talking here, I'm in the process of getting some replays. Before I bring it up, um, let's talk about Richie. Richie is, is is quite a story, and as again, as we're talking here, uh, I'm going to be showing a replay of the Grade 3 Gulfstream Park Turf Sprint, where he absolutely flew home for second and beat a very good horse in gear jockey. Uh, this was a private purchase for 25000 Talk a little bit about Richie and that whole experience uh, as I go ahead and bring up the replay. Richie was a um, horse that I spotted training at Arlington before his first start. Um, he was under the care of Jimmy Gulick, who's a personal friend and also trains for us a little bit. And, and I really liked him from the first time I saw him and talked Jimmy into selling us part of him. And he's been just a joy to have since then. He's um, He was a little quirky when we got him, but we knew he had some. He had a lot of speed. He's a big, good-looking chestnut horse. And he's really come into his own in the, at the end of last year, the beginning of 2022 at, at Gulfstream during the championship meet. I think he won a few times during this meet. Right now, he's not even on the screen. And this is Gear Jockey, by the way. We all know Gear Jockey there, the seven, who is a very nice turf sprinter. And Richie, who again is not even the screen right there he here, comes in the purple, comes from the clouds to get a real nice second in a grade stake. That must have been really fulfilling for the connections. Yeah, I mean, it was very exciting. Um, again, the partners going crazy over this race. Um, we we thought we might have been a little outclassed in here, and then for him to finish this race off like this, I think shows the talent that Richie has. Yeah, that was that was quite impressive. And again, when you have that kind of acquisition and you get that kind of you know purse in a high profile race, uh, that is really something. Uh, the last horse I want to show, and this is the more recent one, because people might be thinking, "Wait a minute, I don't want to buy turf sprinters." Is that all this guy does? No, absolutely not. You have a very exciting uh, newly turned three year old named Otago. Now this horse. Um, uh, was a $375,000 purchase. So Crownsway Racing is not afraid to buy some higher purchase price horses. Um, I'm going to show the Laurel Futurity here in just a minute. Talk about the story behind Otago. And as you do that, I'm proud to say that I watched Otago run with uh, Kyle Roscoe. He was quite excited about this race and about this horse's future, Tony. Yeah, so Otago was a horse that I had spotted early in Ocala, Last year, um, that's one of the bonuses of being part of Crownsway is there's no bloodstock fees or any kind of that. I handle all of Crownsway's bloodstock. Um, he was one that we really wanted, but probably wasn't going to be in our price range. Um, and then we did partner up with MBS Stables and a couple of Kelsey's other owners to be able to go and stretch the bankroll to go get a horse like this because we did think he was an outstanding prospect. Uh, he's the eight in this race. Let me fast forward a little bit. Now, he he's really more of a uh, – is he more of a turf horse? Is he dirt? I know he's been on both. Again, I saw it for a little bit of the blurry screen. That'll, that'll work itself out here. But talk about what kind of horse you think he is going forward. And he ran huge here in between horses in the mud at Laurel. Yeah, um, he's a spites town, but he's got a lot of female uh, – or a lot of turf on his female side. This was uh, off the turf stakes. He's actually a half to Moms on Strike, who was a graded stakes winner on turf. But now he's run twice in dirt, both off the turf races, and has a win, breaking his maiden. And then this race here where he just kind of bulled his way through, he's a big, imposing figure. So I'm effer. We can say it. It's okay. Oh, it's yeah. YouTube. <laughs> 
So I'm right here, here, and I was right here, and I was with Kyle. Uh, Kyle was screaming a little bit. There's no I, doubt Kyle Roscoe was very excited at this point. Just this inside horse just gets him at the wire. Just yeah, he's ruined here. He ran in the Breeders' Cup. He snuck up through the rail, and um, tough to beat those grays in the mud, but Otago <laughs> definitely kicked on, and you see puts away the rest of the field pretty by a good wide margin, but Congruent was a little much for us, but he's just coming back into training at Paul Meadows with Kelsey this week. So be on the lookout for Otago coming up hopefully sometime in the in the spring. Uh, will he be running at Gulfstream so we can bet him in the Coast to Coast pick five? <laughs> uh, Gulfstream, with that, he's going to be trained at Paul Meadows. So Gulfstream is definitely possible. Um, Tampa is also possible as well. But I think him being Florida bred, and I think we'd like to run for the big purses at Gulfstream and getting the Florida bred bonus is never a bad thing. Uh, Tony, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Kyle Roscoe uh, once again. And as I do that, there are some questions on the bottom of the screen that I, that I know a lot of people are going to be interested in. So, Tony, if you can address some of the questions at the bottom of the screen. Uh, Tom Espinoza, who lives in San Francisco, wonders, are you ever going to go to Golden Gate? Are you ever going to come out west, uh, possibly? Or is Tom just going to have to buy some horses and watch them in the Midwest and East? <laughs> I would never say never. We've talked about taking Smoke and Jay out to the West Coast. Um, we definitely think that down the – down the hill, six and a half would hit him between Ooh. the eyes. So um, that's something we've talked about. But right now we're mostly focused on Mid-Atlantic and Midwest. But never say never. I, I'd like to run everywhere at some point. Tony, I don't know if you heard. I'm assuming you did because you have such a, a nice turf sprinter that Breeders' Cup announced in November. The Breeders' Cup sprint is actually going to be five furlongs at Santa Anita in November. It is not going to be down the hill, which sort of bothers me. But – Let's just say, let's dream a second, okay, Tony? Let's say Smoke and Jay comes back great. Uh, would five be better than six and a half? How would you? How do you feel about that? I think the six and a half probably is, would be a little bit better for us. Um, he's not that five furlong drag racer. He he likes okay. to, and especially being a closer, you like a little bit more time, um, which is. But it, that's not meaning that they're not going to run any stakes at Santa Anita down the hill. So sure. we'll keep those in mind and. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've we had those kind of aspirations with him in the past, as we'll, I'm sure Kyle will talk about. We ran in the Jiper this last year, which was a win in your end. And um, if he stays healthy, we believe he might be that kind of horse. Kyle, before I let you jump in here, Christine Race just mentioned that Carlos Silva is a good horseman. Thank you, Christine, for that compliment to Carlos. Is an excellent trainer. Jim Pilars has a question for you, Tony. Is there a goal or a cap on which you hope uh, – or are looking to raise with Series E, and our expenses build as a percentage of your individual stake in Series E? Two great questions. I'm going to leave that on the screen so people can see it. Go ahead, Tony. Um, we'd like to raise in the couple hundred thousand range, which we do partner up with other stables um, to kind of spread out the wealth. Um, expenses actually are included in that $500 buy-in. So they'll be included wow. for a six-month, maintenance period and hopefully we never have to refill that and we have purse money cut leading in as kyle could say he's bought in once and he hasn't had to pay expenses since uh tony please repeat that one more time because that's unusual that 500 bucks they will not get one bill for six months is that correct for at least six months um we use the purse money to to front or to pay the maintenance moving forward and as long as things don't go really bad, we don't ever really have to chase anyone for maintenance. But we do 
in that five hundred min in that five hundred dollars, build in six months of maintenance. So you will not get a monthly bill from Crownsway. The way it will work if we do have to raise additional capital, which I hope never happens, would be um, a a cash call where you would be obligated to pay a small percentage to re replenish the maintenance pot. Got it. Put me down for 10K. We'll talk later. There we go. <laughs> Checks in the mail. Uh, Kyle, we, we need to let you talk here. Thanks for being patient. You had incredible experience uh, at the Belmont, and you've had an overall great experience with the Crownsway Racing. And I think this is a big key when you decide where you want to spend money is to be an owner. The experience of of watching your horses run, petting your horses, being highly involved. Tony and Crownsway does a great job with that, don't they? They they do the best job. I mean, I had I had one horse before I met Tony at Arlington, and he ran about as worse as could possibly be at Arlington, as uh, I'm sure Tony remembers. But um, Tony Crownsway didn't want is... you to bring that up, by the way. I, he's not real happy with you right now. Oh, no, I didn't pick out that horse. That wasn't a no, Crownsway. No, that wasn't a Crownsway horse. That was before Crownsway. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Well, once I started ahead, Crownsway, Kyle. it's been an absolute, like I said, I'm, I'm – great i hope that tony views me as a good friend now and um like i said we've been all over the country together now at this point that belmont day and i'll get into it now is was just one of the most unbelievable days of my life it was the coolest thing not only to be there for the belmont stakes but just to say that you had a part of a horse that was in a grade one on belmont stakes day is so and like like tony said for I paid, I think my main share was $400 with including everything in maintenance. And like Tony said, I've never had to pay a dime for maintenance. So thanks to all the horses out there that saved that cash for me. But that Belmont Stakes Day, getting to sit in the owner's boxes, walking past all these people that, you, you know, you watch on TV and you recognize and just saying like, you know, even though you're a very, you know, I'm a very fractional owner you're saying like i'm with these people right now it's the coolest thing in the world like i said we walked past the donegal family i don't know how many times during that day even though they were in a separate room but you know when that race came around which i believe was race six or race eight i believe on that day right before flight line correct yep it was right before the met mile so it's it would we got going down to the paddock, waiting out there, watching Clarier beat Malathot. I know Howard's still salty about that day on Belmont Day, but um, getting going right into the paddock with absolutely nobody there, just a massive statue in the middle, looking around and realizing exactly where you are at Belmont Park in the middle of the paddock, getting to watch one of the horses that you fractionally own walk through those gates is one of the most surreal feelings that I'm sure I will ever have in my entire lifetime. And like I said before, Crownsway, as Tony touched on, does an amazing job. They always send out when the, you know, the, the races that they're going to, I'm sure Tony got into it before, but you know, they talk about a newsletter. They send a newsletter out every single week on what horses are racing, all updates on most of the horses in the stable for that week, whatever updates are available. So they're always really good. And especially if we have a big race coming up, like the Jiper, Tony sent it out, you know, three, four weeks in advance asking, you know, was any, does anyone have any interest in going? And we set it up together. So they're very good on the travel aspect of that. If you do want to come out and watch races, like I said, I know Tony can touch on a little bit more of that, but they're extremely good. But like I said before, that Belmont day just holds such a special place in my heart. And I can never thank Tony enough for just providing the opportunity. And not only me, but my girlfriend Emma came with. 
that I know uh, HHH fans have heard before, but um, she came with me that day. We were able to spend that entire day together. We both won some money that day, let alone, you know, Jay ran, you know, uh, he got a really tough race in that, a really tough beat race in that uh, we can go into. But yeah, just an unforgettable experience for sure. We have a question from Sean Kane at the bottom of the screen, Tony. Are you looking at racing at Keeneland or Churchill in the spring? I know you're very active in Kentucky. I know I taught you with those purses right now in Kentucky. How can you not be interested in running in exactly. Kentucky right now? Um, yes, we're definitely look, looking to run at Keeneland and Churchill. Um, we won at both places in the fall of this year. Um, Judy's way. Right. Way, Jones Way and Medway Queen all won for Carlos in Kentucky. Um, and it was really good to be able to finally start winning in Kentucky. I feel like it's the major leagues and it's something we want to be a part of moving forward. And we've even discussed maybe even stabling at Churchill. So at some in the works, we don't know. Indiana has been our home for the last year since Arlington ended. But, you know, we're, we're open to all possibilities and we definitely want to have a footprint in Kentucky. Another, we have great, we, our viewers, Tony, are fantastic. I knew that they would bring it tonight. We have another great question from a, a big fan, Ralph Conti. Do you need to own 10% to get an owner's license? So the way it works in most states is 5%, you have to have an owner's license. But people that want to be licensed, usually it's up to, it's, as far as most states go, it's up to their discretion. You can own a quarter of a percent and get licensed if you want to have that backside access. Um, we do ask that people aren't just going to visit the horses and they reach out to me and I go with them and go with them to visit the horses. But that's something I enjoy doing. I I'd be doing on my own anyway. So might as well do it with a part with a buddy. I was looking around because I, I, my owner's license for New York is actually in my wallet, which I just got like Mine's two months there. ago with my picture. And it, it's quite surreal, I have to say, Tony, for, for yeah. a schmo like me. You know, it was really pretty cool uh, to see that. One thing we didn't touch on before, Tony, that's absolutely crucial to touch on now. What percent, and I know the answer to this question, but since we talked about it off air, the $500 that people could buy at a minimum, that is not a share. That is not a 1%. It really depends on how much money that you can accumulate. Can you talk about the dollars versus percentages, percentages slash shares for Crownsway Racing? So $500 is one share, but it's not 1%. Um, the more money we raise um, will make the share worth a little bit less, but it also builds our bankroll to be able to go get more horses that you'll be involved in all of them. And it's more like, you know, the way we see it, it's better to own 1% of five horses rather than 5% of one horse. Um, just more excitement and more races and more chances to get in the winner's circle. Last question for you, Tony, and then Kyle, I'll let you finish with anything else. Or Tony, you could talk about anything else you'd like to. Um, a lot of people might wonder where are you getting these horses from? What two-year-old sales are you going to be looking at? And what tracks are you looking to claim your horses from? And or which trainers are you looking to claim from? Um, well, I'm not going to release any information. <laughs> okay. To claim from. Dang it. Almost. But we buy what our about sales, Tony? What about the sales, Tony? Yeah. The sales we buy out of OBS, um, two-year-olds in training. We have explored yearlings as well. Um, we didn't buy any yearlings this year. We've had a little bit more luck with the two-year-olds in training. Um, and we will look to claim at fairgrounds and 
anywhere around the south for into Carlos' stable. Um, and we did a, a hell of a job with it last year. We had mm-hmm. Falger Shore, who was a $15,000 claim, who ended up making, I think, over 100000 at Indiana. And tell me on a Sunday who made about 80000 as a $30,000 claim. And one thing I'd like to point out is we campaigned 11 horses this last year. Five of them competed at the stakes level, which I think is a pretty good is a pretty good number for a small outfit like us, where Otago is really the only expensive horse we've ever purchased. Uh, Kyle, I know you struggle with math sometimes. That is almost fifty percent. Just to let you know, I try to help my students, Tony, all the time. Uh, Ralph Conti, and I'm not sure you actually know the answer to this question, but how many horses do you get for that five hundred dollar buy? Um, well, it depends on how much money we raise, but it, we're hoping to be in the ballpark of about five horses. Okay. There you go, Ralph. Somewhere around five horses after Kyle puts in his few thousand and I empty the, uh, you know, the, the money truck from the HGH racing podcast scores that we've had, you know, it'll be, uh, more like 10 horses you'll get Ralph. Yeah. And that's okay. something we'll know better as we get closer to closing out this series. Um, investing is now open. Um, it'll close at the end of February, and that's when we'll start buying out of OBS March and looking to claim horses for our summer destinations. Okay. Um, Kyle, I'm let you have the second final word. Anything else you'd like to mention to the fans and viewers and listeners about Crowns White Racing or uh, Tony specifically? No, nothing. I mean, Tony touched on what I was going to – was my last quote was going to be the horses that he did end up claiming this past year that did extremely well for us. As you can see, I mean, I got one here, one there, one there, one there behind me. So there's a bunch of winner's circle pictures behind me, which, Tony, we need to get in contact because I need a little – I need a few more towards yeah. the end of the year. But um, Kyle, yeah. ask me how many winner's circle, winner's circle pictures I have as an owner. I think I think it's it's somewhere you have no oh you have zero but you'd still have horses that have won. I but. have I have fractional ownership of horses that have won, but I haven't been in the winner's circle yet. So throwing zero shade to Adelphi Racing, my good friends there, I just they're running New York and I haven't been there yet, but I but I hope to. But the winner's circle picture, Kyle, is a pretty cool experience. It's right? absolutely cool, <laughs> even though even if it's at a little track like Hawthorne, I mean that walk to the winner's circle, especially like you know, yeah, we had the whole posse there at Hawthorne, which is really nice because we're all local. A lot of us are local to the Chicago area. We had like what ten people there, Tony, at least if not more that day. You know, we're all walking to the. And Sunday, tell me on a Sunday, which is one of the horses that was claimed last year, one at Hawthorne, which I believe was a 44,000 allowance race um, at Hawthorne, which see, that's why they pay me the big bucks, but um, absolutely great. Like she won for fun and we knew by, you know, halfway down the stretch, she was going to win that day. And, you know, we're all walking to the winner's circle like this, you know as she passes us on the wires. So it's an absolutely great experience. And like I said, I highly recommend that if you're in looking for fractional ownership in a horse and like Tony said, you know, you're not just getting one horse, you're getting multiple horses that will come out through the year. Um, It's a great opportunity. Once again, to summarize, and then Tony, I'll let you finish here. Uh, Series E uh, $500 minimum end of February is the latest that you can buy, but folks do not wait until the end of February. Go ahead and get in contact with Tony Rowell right now. You see the bottom of the screen has been scrolling for the last half an hour. You can re- watch the replay. Anthony Rowell at crownswayracing.com. Also, there's a Twitter handle. Tony is the best way to get in contact with you and to start buying shares. Just simply to email you. 
Email is probably the best, but Twitter works as well. And once the people email me, I like to set up a call and really find out what they're looking for in horse racing and how we can accommodate that. Anything else you'd like to uh, talk about here, Tony, as we end the show? We really appreciate your time. We look forward. It's not the last time we're going to hear or see Tony. We're going to be talking about Crownsway Racing the next two months through advertisements. And then Tony's actually going to be back on the show, Kyle, for a short time to give us his Pegasus pick uh, in a few weeks. So I'm, we're excited for the, we'll see what kind of handicapping chops Tony has as well. No pressure, Tony out there. We got some real seasoned pros here, but any final thoughts for the listeners and the viewers about Crownsway racing, Tony? Um, No, I mean, people should look into joining Crownsway. I mean, you, I'm sure you can ask Kyle, there's nothing like watching your horse win a race and being able to go to the winner's circle. You float on air to the winner's circle and, it's just a feeling that's unmatched. Absolutely. Well, like Tony has that Tony has that video of me watching. Uh, it was actually a Jimmy Gulick horse that won for me first time. And I'm screaming in my basement oh, recording oh, on my phone. Yep. Bubba Dreams. It was the coolest thing. You can hear my mom in the background, who is actually also a fractional owner of that horse. And she's screaming upstairs as well. So absolutely nothing like it. I completely agree. I want everyone to know as I close out with Tony here. Kyle, we'll leave you on to close yep. the show. I would do not bring on people willy-nilly, folks. I put people on that I trust, that people that I, I have, you know, are good people. They run a clean stable. Kelsey Danner and, and, and Carlos Silva are excellent trainers. You're not going to have any issues with them. Uh, and the great thing about Crownsway is no matter where you live, especially in the Midwest or out east, they run at many different tracks. If you buy into Crownsway Racing, you have an excellent chance of seeing your horses run live because of the many different uh, jurisdictions that they uh, run in, and hopefully in a stake race as well. Tony Rowell from Crownsway Racing, we really appreciate it. Thanks for being a sponsor of the HHH Racing Podcast. We look forward to talking to you soon, and good luck with your horses. Thanks take for care, Tony. Thanks, Tony. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Uh, Kyle, great guy, great organization. I can't recommend them enough. $500 buy-in. Again, if you're just watching us now, you can watch the last about 25 minutes of the show. Information at the bottom of the screen. Highly recommend uh, people go ahead and uh, purchase into uh, Crownsway Racing. And I was with you at the Belmont, and it was just mm -hmm. just your eyes were lit up the whole time. I mean, I had never been to a, a Triple Crown race. And the only reason I was there was because of Adelphi Racing. And so I, again, uh, being an owner of horse of horses is very cool. The nickname is the sport of Kings. You do not have to be a King. <laughs> Look at us right here on screen. We are not Kings by any way, shape or form. You do not have to be a King. It's on horses, Kyle. Absolutely not. I mean, look at me. What am I doing? I'm sitting in my parents' basement right now, but I'm I have a bunch of pictures you're not on even, the you're wall. You're not even a court jester. You're a, I nope. don't know what you are. I I'm I'm on the parking lot, but you know, <laughs> it's a it's a hell of a time, let me tell you. It absolutely is. Kyle, thanks a lot for uh, sticking with us tonight and helping us promote Crownsway Racing. We want to wish you also, of course, good luck and everyone good luck in the first coast to coast pick five starting this Saturday at Gulfstream and San Nita. Look forward to seeing you episode 220 next Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, a fantastic year in review of Adelphi Racing with Matt Cuter, Ray Handel, and Miguel Clement. Have a great night, everyone. Take care. Good night.